Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 1 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. My doctrinaires are here. Tim Andrews, English Nick, Autumn Fisher, the handsomest producer in all of producery, Jared Yamamoto. And we, uh, we start today with what is becoming way too typical in what I have dubbed the summer of crap for the United States of America. So again, we wake up to another one of these horrible stories. I'll tell you what I know right now, and this is this is developing, so we don't know everything yet. But uh, in Baton Rouge, seven officers shot, uh, three apparently are dead. I don't know what the condition is of of the others. And looking into the stories that we have right now, the first thing, the first question I had when I walked in, I asked Jared. I said, "Was it an ambush?" A la the uh, the Dallas police officers, right. and right now this you now this is early stories, and WSB is going to be on this all day. And as we as we find out more, we'll break in and we'll let you know. You don't have to go anywhere else. But the earliest you now this is coming from CNN. The earliest reporting says that the the police received a call of a suspicious person walking down Airline Highway. I used to live in Baton Rouge, so I'm familiar with that area. Uh, walking down Airline Highway with an assault rifle. So that's very important to me. Number one, uh, you know, it's tragic. It's a tragic day, no matter how you look at it. But when I was, my first question is, is this an ambush in the, in the, in the sense that Dallas was an ambush? Now, at least in this story, what we're seeing is cops were called to deal with this person. There was a shootout, and three officers apparently are dead. Others are wounded. And But like I say, we don't know. We don't really know everything yet. I'm just telling you what I'm reading from CNN, and it's important to me as to whether or not this happened in the line of duty in the sense that cops were called to a dangerous scene and this horrible thing happened. That's one thing. Uh, if it's an ambush, and even if the guy stepped out there with an assault rifle just to lure them in, still a possibility, uh, that becomes a different story Where uh, for the nation, anyway. Because if it turns out that this is another ambush and not uh, a crazy person killing cops in the middle of a, a dangerous situation, then we're really looking at a real problem in this country uh this is the the beginning of the breakdown of society if we allow this to continue if cops are going to be ambushed uh, randomly uh for the next few months this you know a lot of these movements like underneath a lot of these movements these uh anti-cop movements anti-one percent movements that we've seen over the last couple of years just below the surface have been anarchist these are the people who break Starbucks windows during an anti-WTO rally. Uh, these are the people very much that were involved with Occupy Wall Street, and I think that are involved uh, at some level with Black Lives Matter. If not at the top, they're there. And anarchists are looking to break down society. And the quickest way to break down society is to remove law enforcement. And 
we have a lot of people who are in college and ideological and, you know, I guess just thinking about things for the first time who believe anarchy is, is the answer. But let me tell you something. The first people to get harmed in, in anarchy are the weakest, the meekest, the softest. When you get to an anarchy, when you get to that sort of society, it is dog-eat-dog, the strong survive. And the quickest way to get to that kind of society is to get rid of law enforcement. And underneath a lot of these movements that we've been seeing over the last couple of years, just below the surface, are these anarchists. And it's quite possible that they jump in with any movement they think can carry them along. But their goals are a little bit different than the goals of the people who are leading the movement. But like I said, we don't know. We don't know yet if this is an ambush in the classic style uh, from Dallas or if this was a really dangerous person and cops were called to deal with this and a gun and, and a shootout ensued. So you're on WSB. You don't need to go anywhere else. As more of the facts become clear, we will uh, we'll break right to them. For now, let's do this. Headlines of the week. All right, Jared Yamamoto. All right, I don't know how I can pick. in. I mean, there's so many headlines. This week, I mean, in what I'm dubbing the summer of crap, most of them are negative. And then on top of it, we've got everybody playing Pokemon Go. It's really actually kind of surreal. <laughs> As the world is burning, people have decided, I'm going to go catch Pokemon. And you know what? That may actually be the most healthy, positive thing <laughs> that is going on in the society. Uh, it's a lot right of fun. Now. I play it. Escape. It's, yeah. it's our only escape. I really believe that the way this thing took off, I'll tell you something. I have never in my lifetime seen any phenomenon go from completely unknown to everybody doing and talking about it quicker. It had to be less than 36 hours. It is possibly the most successful pop culture phenomenon of all time. And I agree with you, uh, Autumn. I agree with you. I think that in with all of the negativity of the last few months, people just jumped on this as... You know what? Let's escape. Mm-hmm. Just for a little while, let's escape. And we'll talk more about Pokemon Go later, but give me the other headlines. So the wait is over. Donald Trump has picked Indiana Governor Mike Pence as his running mate. And, Eric, the RNC starts tomorrow. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> Grand old parties throwing a hell of a party. It's going to be great. We got Mike, what's his face? Uh, the guy with the white hair. We like him. You like him? He's a good guy. He's got white hair. Uh, people in Indiana like him. <laughs> How can you lose? There it is. We're off and running to our convention. You know, let's just hope that I use the circus music because I really believe we do have no idea what we're getting into this week in Cleveland. Pete Rose is going to speak one night. He's the hit king. Don't know why he's not in the Hall of Fame. It's stupid. Let's get him in there. I can imagine. I can imagine Donald Trump pimping... Pete Rose for the Hall of Fame during his acceptance speech. Uh, I don't know why. He has more hits than anyone in history. He was a guy. All he did was gamble a little bit. Folks, I know about gambling. I run a few casinos. Doesn't destroy lives. <laughs> so we're going to have, they keep saying that we're going to have, uh, this is not going to be your father's convention. It's going to be glitzy and we're going to have. Scott Bayo is going to be there. Scott, who doesn't want to hear Chachi? <laughs> Joni loves Chachi and so do we. <laughs> who doesn't want to know 
why Chachi is voting for Donald Trump. Uh, a couple of names that were floated, though, <laughs> suddenly kind of went away. Now, Tom Brady had been floated uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks. Tom Brady has said publicly that he supports Donald Trump, likes Donald Trump. But at the last minute, he found a reason not to be there. And then there was a story floated that uh, Tim Tebow, who for some, you know, maybe the worst starting quarterback in the history of the NFL, but for some reason, people still love him. And he has a big it's fan a great base. Name. It's a great Tim Tebow. And you know what? He's the a, only thing on top of, well, he's a good guy and he helps people. He's evangelical. He believes in helping the poor. I'm not going to, I'm just saying he wasn't a very good quarterback. He's a better person than he is a quarterback, but he has a great fan base. Great house flipping show on reality TV. <laughs> very good. I see him being a very mega, mega, mega star. Are you talking about Vanilla Ice? Uh, you should have Vanilla Ice perhaps speak for you. He's got a great uh, home. We love him. Rehab. I love Vanilla Ice. It's right in his name. Vanilla and Ice. Who doesn't like both of those things? <laughs> That's what you're going to bring America. More vanilla. vanilla. We need more vanilla. That's why you got Pence. I like vanilla beans. Pence. That's his name. See his hair. It is glorious hair. <laughs> so so the, the person that you think, uh, Tim Tebow, that's a, a no-brainer. He, he's going to speak. And I just saw a story. I don't know where it stands now, but a couple of days ago, he said, I was on a plane coming back from a mission somewhere, and I got off the plane, and people started saying, oh, you're speaking at the Republican National Convention. And he said, that's really the first I've heard of it. So I don't know who exactly is going to be there and be speaking. I hear that uh, his wife is going to speak. Uh, his, uh, oh, great. <laughs> She's really, I'm very- really, I really want to know what she has to say. Okay. What do you have to say, honey? <laughs> Apparently, she likes him. So I'm guessing the wife is going to endorse Donald Trump. <laughs> We've got Rudy Giuliani speaking on okay. d- tomorrow. We've got Senator Tom Cotton speaking tomorrow, too. So, I mean, those are okay. Joni Ernst from, uh, Ernst. from Iowa. Eh. She was in the VP Tom, running. So that's, a, so that's not a bad. Sounds, he just sounds like <laughs> southern racist. I don't oh, know. No, he just sounds like it. Well, I don't let, know me who put he you, is. let me put you straight before you go okay. on the record. But you'll know who somebody is. He's a war hero. Oh, he's a young Ugh. dude, and uh, he's the future of the party. And he's a good guy. So you want to apologize to him right now, Mister Cotton? I apologize, but your name sounds like you wear a white suit and a hot summer day on a porch, <laughs> sipping lemonade. I do declare, <laughs> the show is hot today. We may not have John McCain, but we have. John McClane himself from the Die Hard movies. <laughs> yippee ki Is there going to be a beauty pageant too? Yeah. McCain, yeah. Should, no, that'd be amazing. Be. McCain's not going to be there. The two Bushes, former presidents or Republicans, are not Neil will be. be there. Neil Bush will be there. Um, <laughs> what other big thing? Big, oh, how about the governor of the state? John, uh, what was his name? Kasich. 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 I wanted to say Kravitz for some reason. Uh, John Kasich. You're still not going to be there. It's your state. You're the Republican governor of Ohio. Look, some buddies of mine planned a, uh, a long time ago, we planned a fishing trip in central Pennsylvania, so that's where we're going to be. That's where you're going to be. All right. Well. Never Trump. Like I say, let the bread and, what do they call it, circus bread and circuses? Something like that, yes. Let, let it begin. Let's hope it's not dangerous. Let's hope it's just ridiculous and fun. Speaking of ridiculous and fun, we have more when we return. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. I'm surrounded by my doctrinaires. We have more headlines. But first, back to the uh, Republican National Convention starts tomorrow. 
Donald Trump. Yes. Donald, you have uh, selected Mike Pence. Great guy. We love him. Why did you select him? Look, we need another strong white guy in office, people. <laughs> It's been, what, seven years? <laughs> okay, a couple of rumors. First of all, you guys uh, came out with a uh, a logo that failed. It was the biggest fail since logos have ever been invented. <laughs> First of all, is no one aware of the idea that uh, TP is a common abbreviation for toilet paper? Probably not a good idea to throw yourselves out there as TP. Look, TP stands for Trump and... Uh Pence. Yeah, yeah, that's his name. <laughs> and has absolutely nothing to do with the bathroom. Look, I like this guy. I was told that he would be a good vice president. He would make me look good. <laughs> I think he looked sane. Look at his hair. I mean, come on. Uh, also, I'd like to address the rumors, stories that I read that said that you, up to midnight the night before you announced him as your VP, that you were huddling with people trying to figure out if you could get out of it and pick somebody else. I had that feeling that Tim Andrews gets when he decides he's going to do something and then like right at the last minute he doesn't want to. <laughs> just tore me up. But I said, okay, listen, I'll do it. I'll take Pence. You know, if Trump becomes president, uh, it's really going to be like House of Cards, I think. Actually, to the point that I think Trump is actually going to turn and talk to us. Can you believe this? <laughs> I'm trying to get a deal done here. Look at this guy. Crazy. I really think he's going to like give a speech. See, this is what happens when you try to negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> I really think we're going right, to... Do we have time for another headline? Give me yeah, something else. Yeah, sure. Just one quick note, Eric. Too. We've got uh, Herman on the ground. He's on his way to Cleveland now. Oh, yes. Uh, Jamie Dupree is already there. He's on WSB Radio. He's going to be handling WSB's Facebook it's as well. It's all week-long WSB, Republican National Convention. Sean Hannity's going to be there, too. So we've got our whole staff, pretty much our whole staff out there uh, on the ground for Don't hold Cleveland. that against us. That's right. We have Herman and Jamie there. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, Give look. Me a, huh? Look, sh- hey, Sean is a good guy. He is. <laughs> You was almost your VP, right? Almost. I love Hannity. I said, John, do you want to be my... He goes, Look, I can't. I'm busy. I got a show and books. <laughs> Another story. After at least 265 people were killed in clashes with parts of the Turkish military, uh, Turkey's president says that the government forces have been crushed, have crushed the coup attempt, and that the plotters will, quote, pay a heavy price for oh, their treason. Yeah, you bet you will. Let me tell you something. You get involved in a coup, you better win. You know, it's your behinds on the line. You you try to overturn a major government, you better win, or else basically you're signing your death warrant. Now the guys at the top will probably get executed. All these soldiers will go to jail for seven to ten years or something like that. And when the story first came out, they kept saying the prime minister had been captured on Friday night. And I was like, what? At like- first, I watched this whole thing go down, and at first it seemed like the coup people. First, first of all, let me just say, uh, this guy Erdogan's been in power for a long time. Uh, Turkey is a very interesting Turkey. Turkey is where, you know, East meets West, it's forever. And this guy, Ataturk, who was the general after World War I, who basically created a secular society. And that music says, I really can't explain a whole lot more. Let me just say this. This was the last chance for the secularist to do something. I really think this means they're going to be crushed. And we're going to do WTF when we come back, but I want to finish this little rant. And then we'll get to Autumn Fisher and her nonsense. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If 
it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in today's Atlanta Journal-Constitution, look for an investigation that exposes a widespread number of doctors who sexually abuse patients and get away with it. Also, $128 in coupon savings. I also think this is a good uh, time to thank everyone for helping us and supporting the 2016 Carathon. We raised more than $1,536,000, wow. and uh, that's a wonderful thing, and it's all because of you, and we really appreciate it. We were on Monday night, 8 to 10, and uh, it's always great to be down there and just see the amazing work that they do there. So thank you for your help, and we know that the kids thank you as well. So welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. My doctrinaires are around me. And uh, I want to let you know that still, as far as we know, in Baton Rouge, it's a very fluid situation, but there has been a shooting. Three uh, Baton Rouge police officers have been killed. Seven are wounded. Those are the stories. Those are the numbers that we have right now. Uh, we're following it. Any updates, we will break in. Mary Ellen will just push me aside and we'll break right in and let you know anything more that we know. I'm still, in my mind, I'm not clear if it's an ambush or if uh, the police were called to deal with a situation and that situation got out of hand. And that is very important to me to tell me what the story is. Uh, now, there, uh, uh, I, we just saw something English make on Yeah, television. they said that one suspect was dead, but two were at large. Now, so it may have been a coordinated when I thing. Hear, when I hear there are more people, that makes me lean a little more to the ambush side. But mm-hmm. I'm just being honest as I can here and tell you that at this moment, the story is so fluid. We don't know, but keep it right here on WSB. And uh, as the story changes, we will bring you up to date immediately. Now let's do this. What? What the? What the? What the? Seriously, what the? WTF with Autumn Fisher. Actually, Autumn Fisher. Yeah. Before we left, I said I wanted to finish my thought on Turkey and this dude Erdogan. So if you don't know, the history of Turkey is that uh, this this guy named Ataturk uh, basically fought. He was a general, and he basically fought and created a secular society where uh, you could practice your religion and all religions and uh, try to make it as democrat as you could in that region. And there have been military coups, usually the military coup, coups that happen in Turkey are because the secularists are trying to take it back over. Kind of a strange way, kind of like what happened in Egypt. Uh, so this time around, though, this guy Erdogan, who is not totally extreme as an Islamist, but is much further that way than most of the other leaders of, of Turkey have been, and he's slowly, he's been in power so long, this coup kind of, they took... They waited too long because what happened was he had stocked the military over the years with his own people. So what you what you saw happen was a faction of the military that's still very secularist tried to create a coup, but they didn't even have the rest of the military behind them. And now it's, we'll have to see this Erdogan. Does he now crack down? Does he go more more Islamist? I think the jury's out there because you know they're still a member of NATO. Uh, they still see ISIS as as an enemy. It's important to the United States because we have a base there that we fly a lot of our missions with nukes. Yeah, well, with nukes. But yeah. the, right now we're using the the the, the bases to uh, do a lot of our airstrikes concerning ISIS, and they. He closed that down. Another part that we have to keep an eye on here is there's a cleric in Pennsylvania that Erdogan is blaming for this, and he wants the United States to extradite this guy. So given the NATO-ISIS situation, uh, do we protect this guy? This guy is a cleric. This this story gets very complicated because it's a complicated part of the world. But he is a moderate cleric, 
who believes in more of a secularist society. So uh, there's a lot on the line there. Erdogan could go one or two ways. He could uh, he could really crack down and go more Islamist, or he could see, well, there's some elements here. I need to stay toward the middle. Did you see that when it first started happening, uh, the leader, the president there said, go out now to all of my supporters and, and stop this. Yeah. So thousands and thousands yeah, of people, the they were taking soldiers out of tanks and whipping them with belts. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I was watching this that night and some, they would just show you the raw feed. And I honestly didn't know what I was looking at. You'd see a tank, and then you'd see a bunch of people around the tanks, and I couldn't tell if the people were for the people in the tanks or against them. Mm. Then it was obvi- I had no idea what I was looking at the, because the, I don't live there, so I don't. And it's bizarre to me. I've never lived in a world where there's a tank. The police <laughs> who were pro uh, presidential uh, beat back the military. They did, but then then they had to stop the people from attacking the soldiers. And when they did yes. that, the soldiers, the people started attacking the police. Yeah, it's a very confused situation, but. Uh, the most important thing is to understand that even though it's spelled with a G, it's pronounced Erdogan. That's why Okay, <laughs> Autumn, <laughs> Autumn, give me a WTF story. Okay, uh, Bernie Sanders supporters are planning a fart in at the Democratic <laughs> Convention. <laughs> what? <laughs> a very dignified way of protest is, uh, so they, there's a group, an anti-poverty group, the yes. Poor People's Economic Human Rights Campaign. Oh, I'm sure that's a bunch this- of very reasonable people. This person has been stockpiling cans of beans sent from organizations all around the the, the country. Yeah, and uh, there, she's she's hoping that uh, people will send more baked beans because she feels like those are going to be more popular for the people who are going to participate in this fart-in. Beans, beans—they're good for your heart. Listen, the the faction against Republican tyranny will not be stopped. <laughs> So what is the idea? The end game is just this is just uh, this is street theater, I guess. This is, I well, mean- so one of the one of the participants uh, is a is a doctor, and he says the fart in is to raise attention about things that really stink in our society. I get it. <laughs> but how would you even know? At what point does, does does at what point does CBS decide to let people know they're clearing the floor? Because it smells horrible, and I, I, I don't know how effective this could be. This sounds like one of those things where you get the stories, but the thing never actually happens. Our campaign is silent but deadly. <laughs> and shouldn't they be at the Republican one? Why? Well, no, because Bernie so- Sanders people are still mad. They don't like Hillary. So this well, is the get this over is, it. This- Same team. Well, not necessarily. He sometimes got to line up behind. I mean, look at the Republican National Convention. Jared was telling me that uh, Scott Walker and Ted Cruz are going to speak. Yeah, talk about a big bag of awkward with that too. Scott Walker and Ted Cruz were uh, were literally on, I believe it was Thursday last week, contemplating running a ticket together against Donald Trump. This was the uh, Never Trump people. That was their dream ticket, right? Right, exactly. Cruz Walker or Walker Cruz, right? And uh, they thought that they had. 28 votes, I believe, but only had 13 votes to to uh, establish the anti-Trump forces. You know what? The anti-Trump for I get why there's the anti-Trump forces, but uh, the fact is, if you want primaries to exist, if you want to have people fly around the country and you know take years off their life not sleeping and, and traveling constantly, there has to be a payoff. And if you do that, whether you like Donald Trump or not, if you take that away, the idea of the the last year just didn't count, and we went to the convention hall and we got somebody else, then what you will do, and I think I heard Trump actually say something like this that made sense. Uh, in the future, guys like Trump won't even bother. They'll just show up in the last three weeks, you know, and get a majority of people behind him. And so the idea of the never Trump thing, I do understand why it exists, but it's also... 
never have another real primary again because you couldn't do both. Once you once you allowed people to campaign for a year all over the country and then just replaced the nominee, the presumptive nominee at the end, you effectively on the Republican side will have gotten rid of the primary system. Now, maybe some people think you should get rid of the primary system. I don't know. But that is uh, an unintended con- consequence that would have come from it. So once you got all these conventioneers together, these aren't, these aren't new people. They go to every Republican national convention. And so they're going to... They're going to keep the franchise alive. So the fart in. I look forward to it. Uh, maybe we need some smell vision this time around. Give me another story. Sure. So uh, Mick Jagger, who is, let's just, okay, he's 72 years old. Uh, still rocking. He's, all right. That's great. He's just got saw him last summer. Rocking. He has children that range from 45 years old to 17 years old. His girlfriend's pregnant. Oh, and his girlfriend is? 29 years old. 29, which isn't that bad. Uh, uh, give, me right? a little, give me a little Stones music behind me here. Uh, this is kind of disgusting. <laughs> it's, I, I, I don't understand someone who has a son or daughter who's 45 having a newborn. I don't understand somebody who has $900 billion not being able to afford a condom. <laughs> this is what I don't understand. I don't like how it feels, Eric. You know what I'm saying? It's not what I want to feel when I'm in the mood, you know? But you're 72 years old. Oh, yeah, but she's beautiful. I can't stop doing it, you know? Just love her. Come on, Nick, wrap that rascal. Oh, no, hey. See, Keith Richards, he's not uh, getting into this kind of trouble. You can't, you, Keith, you're not even, you can't even do it anymore, mate. Don't oh, be going on at me. I don't want to, mate. Oh. <laughs> she's beautiful, and I'm ready for number... What number is it? I've lost count. Eight. How many kids do I have? Your eighth child. Oh. I can't wait till she's 18. Uh, shut up, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure they're going to have a very close relationship, these two. Yeah, you know, Ron Wood had... Uh, I think he had a ba- he had twins two or three years ago when he was like 68 years old. This is right. absurd, you know? This is a, this is a kid <laughs> who's going to grow up knowing that their father was one of the <laughs> most famous people oh, in the no, world. Oh, no, I'm going to live till I'm 155, you're gonna, mate. You're going to be out there uh, yeah. pitching ball in the back? That's right. <laughs> You know, when uh, when Mick Jagger has a kid, what that means to Mick Jagger is you got to hire more nannies. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Mick Jagger. Throw, throw more money at the problem. Yeah, Mick Jagger isn't sitting around. Maybe Keith comes over and plays with the kid. I'll like babysit on Fridays, right? <laughs> Keith, stop it. You're scaring the baby, mate. You stop with that voice. <laughs> I've got to milk him. It's like. It's <laughs> It's like a, a, a leathery tree just... Charlie, Charlie, can you step in real quick? Because Keith's just messing it all up. He gets bored easily, Charlie. <laughs> 29. What is that? So how old? I'm terrible with math on the fly. She was, if he's 72, how old was he when she was born? <laughs> well, that's 43 40, years difference. 43. He was right. 43 years old when this lovely lady that's was gross. born. That's gross. That's gross. Hey. Also, 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 <laughs> uh, Mick Jagger, let's see, uh... Didn't his didn't his last girlfriend just commit suicide like six months ago or something? He was yeah, I think in New York City. I think, and yeah. she was like she was relatively older, like thirty eight or something or forty two. Too old, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy really gets over it pretty quickly. Now, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for the next one. Now, get this one pregnant. Move on. I one. love the Stones. <laughs> They're probably my favorite rock and roll band of all time. But this is just wrong. It's wrong when it's Mick Jagger. When you're seventy two years old. You should not be bringing children into this world because they're not going to know you. And if any memories they have of you are going to be those wheelchair years. You know, the walker years. (laughs) All right, more WTF when we get back.
The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Abacab. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. The doctrinaires are all here. And we are in the middle of WTF with Autumn Fisher. So hit me with another WTF story. So playmate Danny Mathers, who I'm, we all know and love. 2015 Playboy Playmate of the Year. Give her the respect she is well, due. God bless her. Now she's in big trouble because she posted a picture of a naked woman changing in the locker room with uh, the caption, if I can't unsee this, neither can you. So this is LA Fitness. So it's a public gym that yes. she's at. And there's, I, I saw the, uh, well, the pictures they put up, they put a bar over the woman's behind. But she's, you know, I don't know. She looks like an average person. She looks like an average person. Yeah, she person. looks like a normal lady. It's <laughs> like, nothing crazy. She's not a supermodel, but she looks like an average person. And yes. so this playmate, Danny Mathers, not only puts up a picture of her, but then another picture of herself you know, like smirking, like with her hand like covering her mouth, like, oh, my God, OMG, it's so uh, gross, okay. guys, gross. Now, this lady has lost everything. First of all, L.A. Fitness has said you are never allowed to come into one of our clubs ever for the rest of your life. She lost. Apparently, she's on a radio show, Heidi and Frank. They're still doing mm-hmm. it. Those the Heidi Frank people, they're still out there. They're <laughs> really? out, they were out now. They've lost I, a couple people, right? It used to be like four names on there. Yeah, it used to be Heidi, somebody else, Frank, and somebody else. That's when yeah. I, they, they were coming into L.A. about the time I was leaving. So uh, she was on that show. She was dropped on that show. And the most important thing is uh, the police are involved, of course, because it's an invasion of privacy. Now, this uh, uh, Playboy Playmate of the Year 2015, Danny Mathers, claims... That she didn't know, did she put it on Snapchat or Instagram? Whichever one she put it on. She Snapchat. Cl- she claims she yeah. didn't know it, how to do it, and she was trying to send it to just one person to say, if I can't unsee this, you can't unsee this, and she ended up, it went public. Um, I don't but- understand how that is her first response. Like, that. that's supposed to make it, oh, you just meant to shame this person to just your Yeah, come on, get off your high horse. We've all we've all said mean things about people. Of course, you don't people. take the picture of the person. Well, okay, I'll give you that. You, you say, should- oh my God, this girl at the locker room, she's so gross, she looks like a mom, gross, <laughs> ew, gross. Uh, but then she came in, and she had some kind of statement afterwards that uh, oh boy, drunk, a body shame, she's living all this sort of she's stuff. Like, I love women, and I would never do that, except they did it, but <laughs> yeah. like, I would never do it. <laughs> I love these people. I, I, made a, I made a bad choice. You didn't make a bad choice. You were a jerk. You were a jerk, and you got outed. I think the most serious thing for this uh, young lady... Is the, the investigation by the cops though? Mm-hmm. That's a real. That's the same thing as like people who do that and put them on porn sites or it's stuff like that. Porn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same, sure. same stuff. So I think she should uh, put her in jail. It'll make yeah. the next episode of Orange Is the New Black even more interesting. <laughs> oh, no. All right, we have more headlines when we return. Eric von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 2 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler, surrounded by my doctrineers. There's Tim, there's English Nick coughing, there's Autumn Fisher, and uh, Jared Yamamoto with this. More headlines. It's like our headline segment for Hour 1, except we tweaked it a bit for Hour 2. It's called More Headlines. Jared, hit me. 
President Obama, Eric, has condemned last week's deadly terrorist attack in Nice, France, after 84 people died. You know, so much stuff has happened over the last four or five days. It's, it's hard to keep up with all the stories. But this horror that went down in Nice, France, where this guy is in a huge truck and just for a mile runs over people in a zigzag motion, killing kids, a couple Americans, one of them was a child, and uh, again, with the, our thoughts and prayers are with you, I, I know the president has to condemn the violence. The problem from this president is, it seems to be all we get is a condemnation, and I'm not just putting it on the president. This is a war against Western culture. This is a war against the West. Not just our president. When is the West going to wake up? It doesn't matter that we want to play Pokemon Go. War has been declared upon us. Is this understood? I know the millennials are too smart for war. They're smarter than the rest of us. And they figured out that war is stupid. And for that reason, it's stupid to go to war. But what I would say to the millennials and to the rest of the Western world, war has been declared upon you. We are sleepwalking through this part of history and deciding that if we just don't, if we just avert our eyes, just pretend it's not happening, these vicious barbarians will just burn out and go away. Uh, this is a lot like what happened in Orlando in the sense that the guy was known to be troubled. Uh, he was probably inspired to do it rather than just actually being operational with ISIS. Uh, and which just goes to show it, the, the Orlando thing was more of a terrorist thing than an inside the United States anti-gay thing, which is what it was turned into. Uh, also, France has dealt with this so many times over the last year or so. Somebody tell me how a guy can sit with a huge white truck. He got the truck in there before they closed the streets down for the fireworks for the Bastille Day celebration. So the cops come up to me. He's in a huge truck. Uh, what is this for? What are you doing here? Oh, it's ice cream for the kids. Okay, fine. Have you seen the size of this truck? How much ice cream did the police believe? I mean, I don't wow. understand how this is even a believable story. And I don't even believe the truck was refrigerated, which would have taken, I don't know that for a fact. It doesn't look like a refrigerated. No, it doesn't. Hall, you know, all they would have had to do is open it up. What are you doing here? You're sitting here with a huge truck for hours doing nothing. Oh, I've got ice cream for the kids. Okay, that's fine. We'll walk away. We're not even going to ask you to open it up and show us the ice cream. And they allow this truck. This guy sat there for four, five, six hours and waited till the end when people were leaving so that basically people were all over the streets and he could do what he wanted to do. Apparently, Charlie Hebdo and the Bataclan attack were, you know, weren't enough for him. I, I, that's, this is, I, you've got to assume that this would have been a target. So there's some uh, level there of just bad policing that went on. This guy should have been caught. Uh, but again... I, you know, look, sooner or later, I've said this before, sooner or later, no matter how much you want to sleepwalk through this, these people are going to do something that's so heinous. When you look at what they've already done, it's hard to imagine that we haven't reached the breaking point yet. But let me tell you something. They haven't come up with their cleverest option. They have not freaked us out as much as they are going to freak us out. And I get to this point again and again. They are going to do something 
that is finally going to wake us all up. I can't believe it wasn't Orlando, but we decided to turn that into an intramural squabble. You know, uh, I can't believe that it wasn't some of these other things. Paris, Charlie Hebdo. But sooner or later, they're going to do something that is so heinous, and I have ideas in my head, I won't even say them, they're so horrible. But if I'm thinking them, they're thinking them, and there's going to be a moment where they do something where we all go, well, the hell with this. And we just go over. I, I, look, I think it should be the entire West and Australia who come in and create a huge army, maybe 100,000 troops with all of us. The Americans should have the best generals, so we should be leading it. But we need to wipe these people out. And I'm not saying we need to wipe them out using World War II tactics. Or I want, I want clever young generals who live in the world that we all live in and have ideas about how to fight this asymmetrical war. But uh, keep on sleepwalking, people. Keep on sleep. It's amazing to me that we cannot conjure up the focus or energy to fight the enemy. But as we see in the streets of Baton Rouge today and through all the other stories that we've had over the last couple of weeks, we have an endless appetite to fight one another, which only helps the true enemy. I don't know how we can't get on the same page and understand this. Uh, there are people, I have friends who are, who are on the left who refer to Hillary Clinton as a warmonger. That's how far left the left is. I mean, they just want to stay asleep. They don't believe there's a real threat. Do, do people realize this? That the people on the left think this is all made up by the right? Given all of this evidence, and I'm not even talking about conspiracies, uh, uh, false flag. I'm just saying that there are a lot of people on the left who believe that the Republicans seize upon this because Republicans love to go to war. And so all of this is trumped up. Not, not, I Leave didn't, me I, out I, I didn't, of it. I didn't mean it, but I meant that in the old-fashioned way. Right. Uh, to, uh, to, in, in order to get us to go to war because of the uh, military-industrial complex and all of this. But sooner or later, sooner or later, these vicious barbarians will do something that will wake us up. And Americans are always a little slow. We were slow to get into World War II. But when we get in and we decide, we make a decision... We will wipe these people out. It's just, it hasn't happened yet. There you go with your okey-doke. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. Give me another story. The Georgia chapter of the NAACP has issued a strong statement to Ambassador Andrew Young calling for the former mayor to either stand with the Black Lives Matter protesters or retire. Of course, because what do these 24-year-old know-nothings have to learn from a guy like Andrew Young? A guy who was right next to Martin Luther King Jr., a guy who became mayor uh, at, a, at a tough time, a difficult time in, uh, in American history of this city, uh, a guy who has always been steady, who is a hero, an actual, genuine hero of the civil rights movement. What does a 24-year-old have to learn from them? This story doesn't surprise me at all. Collectivism. Black Lives Matter is another collectivist movement. They believe in community policing. They believe in community parenting. All of these ridiculous. When it comes to collectivism, there is no room for alternate points of view. Much in the same way as communism. This is why collectivism never works. Because as you know, if you have more than eight friends, eight people can't agree on what they want to do to Right. And collectivists basically say, we all have to agree about the next five to ten years what we all want to accomplish. And that's never going to happen. So every once in a while, somebody steps out of line and tells their own truth. And in, in, in more ugly societies, they're either taken to jail or executed. In a society like ours, they're told to shut up and get on board. Here's what Andrew Young, part of what he said, if it'll ever come up. Come on up. Come on now. You can do it, computer. <laughs> 
Oh, computer. It's uh, Mr. They're able to show off with no consequences. And I, I just hope they get tired of it. I want to play the whole thing again because I missed the beginning. I mean, you didn't do things just to show off. And these kids are able to show off with no consequences. And I, I just hope they get tired of it. Andrew Young is absolutely right. And I hope he's not cowed into apologizing because he wants to still be relevant because he has hit on the truth. But there's a further context to this that you'll, you'll never see. In the entire thing he was speaking, the point that he made was he was part of a movement because it was something that he steeped himself in deep dive. He was talking about the fact that his father took him to see Thurgood Marshall argue a court case when he was nine years old. So by the time you saw Andrew Young in his early 20s on the streets, he'd been studying the issues in a deep dive since nine years old. I think what he's responding to are these movements that crop up now that uh, my outrage was generated by a 140 character message that I saw on (laughs) Twitter. Okay, this guy was watching Thurgood Marshall argue cases when he was nine years old. He was the real thing. He had real interest. He understands what debate is. He understands what conversation is. And again, what the NAACP is like a a movement that has to stay relevant. They see 24-year-olds getting involved. That means a little more money can come into the coffers, right? If we get the young kids in the NAACP, a lot of uh, middle-aged uh, people see the NAACP as uh, t- their time came and went. They were wonderful, but we don't really need them anymore. You know, the president's black. We don't really need them anymore. So to remain relevant, the NAACP has to toss a hero of civil rights over like Andrew Young and try to get the money and the movement energy from the 24-year-olds. It's, it's sickening. Don't hit that music yet because I want to... Uh, this is uh, the idea that we're supposed to have a conversation with Black Lives Matter. Uh, this was We a- need to abolish the police, period. And this, demilitarize the police, disarm the police, and we need to come up with community solutions for transformative justice. Community solutions for transformative justice. What does that mean? I, I've got an idea of what it means. We can go into it in a minute. Here's another thing she said. We're the police force in this country began as slave patrol. Uh-oh. Yeah, well, I'm not going to have a conversation. You know, the other day, Obama said something at the... Uh, at the uh, at a town hall, right? The, no, no. Well, he repeated it at the town hall. He originally said it during the memorial for the uh, five cops in killed Dallas. in Dallas. It's not. We flood communities with so many guns that it is easier for a teenager to buy a Glock than get his hands on a computer or even a book. Is it even possible that that's true? I don't know. You know, a smartphone <laughs> is a computer. I'm not going to have a conversation with people who just make things up. Black Lives Matter, intellectually speaking, is not a legitimate organization and does not deserve a conversation. More when we return. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler, surrounded by my doctrinaires. We're going through the headlines. Before we left... Uh, we were talking about Black Lives Matter and uh, this idea of the NAACP telling Andrew Young to 
either agree with Black Lives Matter or retire, resign, either get out. You're with us or you're against us. And I explained the reasoning behind that. It's because NAACP, for the most part, most people think of them as something from a, a past era, like their good work has already been done. And what they see is a bunch of young people with energy, and guess what that means? If we can get them in the NAACP, we get more money in our coffers. Andrew Young is old. Let's throw him over the side. What Andrew Young said was absolutely correct, which is these are people who are hitting the streets with no con- Consequences and their outrage. Basically, he didn't say this. This is what I'm taking from what he said. Their outrage comes from 140 characters in a Twitter feed rather than actually doing a deep dive and knowing what they're talking about. Uh, and then we started talking about like what I want to get across is Black Lives Matter. Intellectually speaking, is not a legitimate organization, and they are certainly there may be a conversation to be had in this country about race, but not with Black Lives Matter. I don't believe. I don't believe they have the credibility for it. So we had this lady that was on, I think Megan Kelly did one of these town halls with everybody involved. I never watch these things. They're just too, my stomach just, just I can't handle it. I don't want to watch cops and Black Lives Matter together. I don't, so uh, it, my mind's not going to be changed, right? So why would I tune in? I assume anybody's mind, whichever, whatever you bring to the table is what you're going to leave with. But this lady who said uh, this... We need to abolish the police, period. And this, demilitarize the police, disarm the police, and we need to come up with community solutions for transformative justice. Transform community solutions for transformative justice. That's what my professor said. So I just say what he said. So uh, transformative justice in Wikipedia. I've looked it up, and I knew it was something like this. I've said this. Black Lives Matter is just the 3,251st collectivist movement that has popped up in this country. Uh, transformative justice uses a systems approach, seeking to see problems as not only the beginning of the crime, but also the causes of crime, and tries to treat an offense as a transformative relational an educational opportunity for victims, offenders, and all other members of the affected community. In theory, a transformative justice model can apply even between peoples with no prior contract. It can be seen as a general philosophical strategy for responding to conflicts akin to peacemaking. Transformative justice is concerned with root causes and comprehensive outcomes. What that means is the top 1% are really responsible for all the problems in society, so transformative justice means taking their money and redistributing it around so that people aren't so poor that they act like fools. That's what it means. It's been tried about 50 billion times in the history of the world. It's failed about 50 billion times in the history of the world. When you, when you hear stuff like this, uh, uh, it's a systems approach. Seeking to see problems is not only the beginning of the crime, but also the causes of the crime. Do you think anybody who's ever actually been on the streets fighting crime wrote that? Or do you think that came from the mind of a professor who's never opened a business or done anything in reality except go to school and then work at the school? That's where this comes from. Socialist justice there. Socialist Basically, if you go to the root causes of crime, I guarantee you what these people are going to find is that it's the 1% that are causing all the crime. It's actually, it's not the fault of the people who killed your best friend. In transformative justice, we're going to tell you how that's the Koch brothers who are responsible for that. And we'll bring them to justice. Absolutely absurd. Black Lives Matter is a collectivist non-legitimate, non-intellectual movement that deserves no conversation from anyone. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.
Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in today's Atlanta Journal-Constitution, more from that investigation that exposes a widespread number of doctors who sexually abuse their patients and get away with it. And then when you're done reading, you walk away with $128 in coupon savings. That's why we say, if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Before we go to Outrage Corner, I'm Eric Von Hessler, surrounded by my doctrinaires, of course. Before we go to Outrage Corner, I'm going to give you the latest. Uh, this is from CNN on the Baton Rouge shooting. So right now they're saying uh, three officers have been killed and three injured. And uh, again, this is a very fluid situation. Uh, it's very important for me to know, was this an ambush? Or were the police called to a situation that turned into a firefight? Because uh, my opinion and where I'm going to go with this is going to depend an awful lot on that. It's tragic either way. Uh, now they're saying there's still, still two suspects out there. That's right. They've got one. and I don't know if that person's dead, or whether they, but they've one suspect we don't have to worry about. And there's two more suspects out there. Pure speculation, but when I hear three people involved, my mind starts leaning toward ambush. Uh, if it's if it's an ambush, we've got some big problems in this country. We've got some big problems that we need to address very quickly because we are on the precipice of anarchy. If we get to a point where our officers in every city across this country have to worry about being ambushed, we could be looking at the very beginning. I don't believe it would happen because I think that America is too strong for this, but this is the way this is the way that societies get broken down. If you cannot have, if you can't have a police force that's fully functioning, uh, then the weak will be the first that go because it's dog eat dog after that. We need strong police forces. Now, if there are bad apples, there's nobody who disagrees. You got to get them out of there. But uh, anybody who believes, like these Black Lives Matter people, that we have transformative justice, uh, yeah, th- th- what that means is you're going to be knocked over the head and your money's going to be taken from you all over the place and no one's going to be there to stop it. So we don't know exactly which way it's going yet. The, the story is still fluid. And with anything new that breaks on that story, we will, uh, we will. Uh, we will break into our show here, and Mary Ellen will bring you the latest. Now, let's do this. Outrage Corner. That's outrageous. With English Nick. All right, English Nick, if that is your real name, give me some outrages from around the world. Can I just say something? The people in Dallas ran away when the guy was shooting. Who stayed behind to protect them? Absolutely. That outrages me. That woman drives me crazy to say that. I just, oh, All right, bring it together there, English Nick. Okay, okay. This isn't even your country. <laughs> <laughs> you need to worry about Brexit. All right, well, yeah, okay. Uh, we've got outrage at Paideia School in Atlanta. A 14-year-old white boy's privileged poem wins first place. Now, you... Usually, we came up with Outrage Corner mostly to make fun of the fact that people get outraged over very small things. Yeah. This is a situation where I think most people aren't outraged, but it's an Outrage Corner because Eric Von Hessler is outraged. <laughs> so first of all, this is, uh, what kind of poetry is this? Like slam poetry? or I don't know what. It's not even a poem. But uh, listen, this kid's 14 years old, and uh, this- Dear women, I'm sorry. Dear black people, I'm sorry. Dear Asian Americans, dear Native Americans, dear immigrants who come here seeking a better life, I'm sorry. Dear everyone who isn't a middle or upper class white boy, I'm sorry. I have started life at the top of a ladder while you were born on the first drum. Let me tell you something. 
first of all, I'm not going to hold the 14. I'm not going to go after a 14-year-old kid. He's 14 years old, and if I was 14, I might have thought some kind of nonsense like this. Uh, I'm going to go after strongly. In, I mean, my outrage is at the level that I want to speak to the point that I'm almost thrown off the air, but I pull back right before I'm thrown off the air. Like, I want to make real heavy-duty accusations here. This gets under my skin and bothers me. I am a libertarian. I am an individualist. And this gets to me. So I'm going after not the 14-year-old kid whose mind is malleable, but the adults around him. This is child abuse. What kind of adult encourages a 14-year-old to apologize for their existence. What in 14 years on this planet could this child have done to cause any social problems whatsoever? This, these are horrible, horrible adults that are around this 14-year-old that have taught him that he needs to apologize essentially for his own existence <laughs> when he himself has done nothing to harm anyone in society that we know of. This is just horrible. If I, if I could blink my eyes, these adults would be up on charges of child abuse. To teach a child to apologize for their existence is, to me, just a... You hear about, oh, this is a hate crime. To me, this is a hate crime. Teaching a 14-year-old to hate themselves because of the situation that they just happened to be born in. And is it a Montessori school? Yeah, so like, touchy-feely, yeah. oh, we adults get to live through our child who's so enlightened. And what that really does is show you that, you know, the rest of the world, that, that we're enlightened. And by the way, we're still going to spend money like crazy. We're, you know what? For all these people who are so upset about being successful, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Honestly, uh, Brad Pitt, any of you. Give all of your money to the poor, get a beggar's bowl, and go around <laughs> and, and live your life as a mendicant. Why, why not? I mean, if you really believe what you believe, no adult around this kid should accept a six-figure uh, check for anything they do. It should all go to charity because they have encouraged this 14-year-old to believe that he is guilty mm -hmm. for the sins of the world, that he was born with the stain of the original sin of being born white into a middle or upper class family child abuse child abuse the adults around this kid should be ashamed of themselves yes the, the kid's name is royce mann and his mother sherry mann stewart said she didn't help him with the poem at all it was totally his thing i thought he might get some mixed reaction but never wanted to discourage him from doing it first of all parents exist <laughs> parents exist to discourage their kids yes. by the way that's like <laughs> part of being a parent is to, <laughs> to discourage your children from making too much listen and also was that i'd love to hear the rest of the poems that day was that really the best poem it wasn't even a good poem as far as I'm concerned. Anyone. I mean, I don't want to go against the, like I said, I want to beat up the 14-year-old, but to me, the reason the poem won is because not only are his parents child abusers, the people judging, this is like what they do, this is like with the ESPYs when they give it, the ESPYs didn't give the award to Caitlyn Jenner, they gave themselves an award, they gave themselves a pat on the back for mm -hmm. being so enlightened, ESPN's getting an award for being enlightened. What do they this, call that, virtue signaling now? I guess that's a 
it, it should have a name. Like it, it happens so often. So the people at this school said this was the best poem. They weren't giving him the ribbon. They're giving themselves the ribbon, a pat on the back. We Look are at the so kind of young man that we create in yeah, this school. Somebody who completely feels guilty about being alive. This is horrible. I mean, this is just the worst. No one should be taught this. No matter what your skin color is. The, the beauty of the United States of America, which separated it from so many other cultures, is that the son is not held responsible for the sins of the father. That is very important. That is very important. Woody Harrelson is a much celebrated, well-moneyed uh, actor of our time. His father's a murderer that's been in jail for the entire time that you've ever heard of Woody Harrelson. In many cultures, the son's not allowed to get away from that. The stain of the father goes on the son. The beauty of this culture is that the son is not held responsible for the crimes of the father. And if we lose that, if we lose that, we lose individualism. And again, this is a good time for me to point out that I'm not responsible for anything that's ever happened in history when I wasn't alive. So there. Again, what I think I said on here last week or a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't even tell you my great grandfather's name. I thought about it on my father's side. I can't even tell you my grandfather's <laughs> name. I live in my time. I am responsible for my actions and nothing more. And that should apply to everyone. The idea that this 14-year-old is somehow guilty for what others have done is not only absurd, it's child abuse. It's yes. your privilege showing through, Eric. That's why I'd let you finish oh, your yeah, monologue, but it's because the yeah. privilege has clouded your yeah. judgment. I love that one. The privilege, which basically says, shut up. <laughs> there's no there's no coming back to privilege. No, what, what privilege no. it's like I'm, I'm a fan of racing in road racing you have a lot of different cars and for that reason they try to even it up a little bit so what they'll do is if your car is just so much faster than someone else in a class in road racing they add what they call ballast so they'll put like uh, 30 40 50 pounds into the back of your car to keep you competitive with the other cars so that it's an actual race when you yell white privilege what you're saying is you can be part of this conversation, but we're going to discount one-third of what you say because you've had white male privilege. Have you noticed how much the left, in many different ways, they don't really debate things. They just say, you don't have the right to be talking. You should shut up. You should stop speaking. And I say, more speech. Hate speech? How do you answer hate speech? What you consider hate speech? Your speech. More speech. More, 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 more people should be speaking. And to hell with anyone who tells me that I have to sit down because of something that happened to this country before my people came to this country. My name is Eric Von Hessler. Should I feel guilty about the Holocaust? I mean, my people came here in, like, I don't know, 1935 or whatever. Most of them got out before all the heavy stuff happened. But the idea that I'm connected to anyone who lived before me or anyone after me, I'll go one step further. Beyond my friends and family members hoping that they do well, I don't give a damn what happens on this planet after I'm gone. I don't care what happened before me. I don't care what happened after me. And I'm not connected to any of it. And neither is this 14-year-old kid. And these parents should be ashamed of themselves. Again, with the left telling people to shut up. We just talked about Andrew Young. Anybody with a different voice? Nobody debates him. The NAACP doesn't debate him. They just say, agree with Black Lives Matter or retire. So you got a couple things going on here. This generational guilt. Screw you. My name is Eric Von Hessler, and I deserve every single thing I have. I also deserve 
all the bad I've created. <laughs> we all do. You got to own your lives. Uh-huh. Yin and yang, man. But I'm not responsible for anything outside of myself. Go to you know where. All right. More outrage when we continue. Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. A little Aussie for you, huh? That's right, mate. Don't <laughs> <laughs> curse seniors anymore, you know, because it's, it's, it's really old and my vocal cords and everything. You know, to hire somebody else, that kid from Journey maybe could sing it for you. No, no, man, I can't have like a little flea on stage flitting all over <laughs> Alright, we uh, we came back with Ozzy because I think he's in the next story about... Uh, no, he's not. He's but the story not. that reminds us of Ozzy is a, the next outrage. Yeah, an Australian man, Matthew Maloney, known as Mad Matt, was charged following a raid because he posted a video where he not only bit the head off of a rat... He ran into the room, bit the head off the rat, washed it down with three shots of vodka. He then gets punched in the face and has a chair broken over his back before saying, beat that if you can. So this is... <laughs> he's known as Mad Matt, probably has his own YouTube channel, mm-hmm. puts this on Facebook, and what is it? He can't have pets for three years? Three years. Yeah, the Royal Society for Preven- Prevention to Cruelty to Animals uh, investigated and so, said uh, no what, pets. What does it take to get a lifetime ban? I mean, yeah. <laughs> what did it take to get well, a they, lifetime? Those weren't his actual pets, so okay. I think if, it would be a lifetime ban. Ban if he had, if those were actually his pets. What about vodka? He should we wash it down with vodka? Is he allowed to drink vodka in the future? I think he should stay away from all things. That's what they should take away from him, mate. I mean, he's got these brats today, man. What's They're that, just showing off, right? What's that? We paved the way for animal abuse back in the 70s, man. Stop showing off, you millennials. So you're saying they're brats. Sounds like Andrew Young. He doesn't like this new I'm generation. I'm not quitting rock and roll. You can't make me retire. <laughs> Ozzy, you better bite some more uh, bat heads or get out of rock and roll. I like Batmans. You know what? Batman is my favorite comic book of all time, mate. So I've decided not to bite bats. But I will bite rats and mice till the day I die. <laughs> That's quite a declaration there, Ozzy. Um, so... They describe this dude, Mad Matt, as a narcissist. They say he expressed remorse, although he told reporters outside that his actions weren't that bad. Here's the thing. I mean, this is uh, this this started with the show Jackass. I never liked that show because I'm used to show business where like people have an act. They have to hone that act. They have to go out. They have to deliver. They have to whatever. And then you get people who show up and just go, I'll do that. <laughs> yep, I'm going to eat my phone. <laughs> yeah, that's not talent. Plastic. <laughs> just saying that you will do something that other people won't do doesn't make you a talented individual mm-hmm. worthy of fame. And I think this is, and now YouTube channels and stuff like that have, have made it even worse. Or people just do the goofiest thing. And, and if you're goofy enough, like the president will meet with you. Remember that story? <laughs> was it last year? The president did an interview with this YouTuber who her biggest stunt was that she took a bath in uh, Fruit Loops with what? milk. And uh, it's just, it's like, is that talent? Or is it just somebody who says, yeah, I'll do that. I'll take a bath in Fruit Loops. Full of, I'll waste the money on milk. Yeah, she's a hero. <laughs> you really enjoy her work. I love anybody that can get in a bathtub filled with uh, cow juice. <laughs> oh, you call it? You don't call it milk like the rest uh, of no. us. No, moo juice or cow juice. <laughs> All right, we have even more headlines if you can imagine such a thing. When we return, News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. Eric von Hessler on WSB. 
Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 3 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler, surrounded by my doctrinaires, Tim, Jared, English Nick, Autumn, and I believe, I'm going to blow your mind here, it's time for this. Even more headlines. Uh, it's oh. not, it's in hour one, we had headlines. Uh-huh. In hour two, we doubled down with e- with more headlines. Uh-huh. And now we do... This doesn't happen very often that anyone triples down on anything. Even more headlines. Jared Yamamoto, give me even more headlines. Sure, this is kind of a double... A We're in our uncharted territory here. <laughs> and this headline is kind of like a double-pronged headline, too, because the Republican National Convention starts tomorrow. Remember, folks, WSB is your place to be with Herman Cain, Sean Hannity, and Jamie Dupree on the ground reporting live from Cleveland. And we've been talking a lot about protests during the show today. And I don't know if you remember the San Jose incident, incident, but uh, 14 Donald Trump supporters are suing the city of San Jose for what they feel like was uh, a lack of a response from the police force there. This was when we saw the pictures of the lady getting hit by eggs. Right. And some other guys were being uh, punched around and... Uh, so yeah, I think that uh, I think this case probably. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. Um, you know, when it comes to cities, suing cities is different than suing people. Uh, but I think there's a good case here that uh, that they they should have been protected a little better. I find it interesting uh, about all of that is you know you hear those people talk about the mainstream media and the media narrative, and sometimes you just go, oh, people say that so much that what is there to it? But I was thinking about this the other day. I have weird thoughts as I'm driving around and I. <laughs> analogize and I, I I put things together. But if you think about okay, when the when the ambush on the Dallas Police Department happened, that was at the end of a Black Lives Matter rally. And it seemed that there almost was a law of journalism that said you couldn't write about that without putting the word peaceful in front of protest for the protest that was happening before this deranged guy shot and killed uh, five police officers. Now, here's the thing. I don't, I, there's probably some truth to that. I don't think that most of the people in that crowd wanted that to happen. And I think the guy was a bit rogue. But what's interesting is they go out of their way to make sure you know that even though those five officers were shot and killed at the end of a Black Lives Matter rally, that there was no connection there. But if you remember, you go back to this Trump thing where the girl was being hit with the eggs and guys are being punched and all of that. Do you believe these same people were saying that really Trump's responsible for creating the atmosphere that got his own, his own people uh, harassed and abused. That's quite. Uh, that kind of says that the narrative of the mainstream media, however hackneyed a phrase it might be, I mean, there's the double standard right there. The five cops are shot dead at the end of a Black Lives Matter protest, and let's go out of our way to let you know that BLM had nothing to do with that. But Trump supporters get beat up at a Trump rally, and the same people in the press tell us, well, it's really Donald Trump's fault that he created the atmosphere that people would want to beat up. It's a bit of a double standard there, don't you think? Meanwhile... A little. A little bit. Think, try, uh, let me make your case for you, Trump. I think I'll do a better job here. But uh, Okay. So, Republican National Convention this week. I lost my circus music. I had good circus music for that because that's, that's what I hear in my head. When, when you tell me that the Republican National Convention is going to happen this week, then what I hear in my head 
is something like this. Is Chum going to be wearing the uh, Master of Ceremonies red jacket, you know, with the top hat? Yeah, he's the ringmaster. That's what master. he needs. Yeah, the ringmaster. He's the ringmaster. Here we go. It's convention season, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Ted Cruz, jump through this flaming hoop. <laughs> <laughs> so Ted Cruz is going to speak. Scott Walker's going to speak. Scott Bayo. Scott Chachi. <laughs> from Joni Loves Chachi. We lost Al Marinara last year, otherwise he'd be there. And uh, family members, your daughter's going to speak. Not the one that nobody likes. Ivanka's going to speak. Ivanka, the good one. Okay. And your wife yeah. is going to speak. She's That's great. Right, I will speak. You're gonna, I'm going to speak at the convention. What are you going to have to say to the American people? Well, I want everyone to know that Mr. Trump, my husband, is not a racist. I mean, we have many different people work for us. Many Mexicans clean our rooms. We have many China people here making food for us in the kitchen. Please, Orianos, I told you this. We have an Israeli man who comes and he's a handyman for us. Very sad story. His whole family was killed by Palestinians. Oh, and you know, and we, we pay him very little, but he seems very happy, you know. He sends the money back home. We provide for many people. And listen, I myself am an immigrant. I know that, I'm yes. I'm from Slavonita, yeah. And I am very, you know, he, he loves me. He is my husband. Yes. And I support him, and he supports many immigrants. I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm, I'm looking... Uh, First of all, let's hope that it's only ridiculous this week and not dangerous, because given what's happened this summer, you know you know people are going to be trying to cause trouble outside that convention, so let's hope that there's not, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but in this summer, bloodshed or anything like that, let's hope it's just kind of a fun, ridiculous kind of affair. I think about his, uh, his speech. Is that going to be on Thursday? Usually it's Monday through Thursday. Yeah, no, his speech is going to be on the 21st. That's Friday. Really? Oh, Actually, whole... I'm sorry, you're right. It's Thursday. Thursday, Thursday, Monday... Thursday night because Friday they, the, the convention's yeah, over. Yeah, the conventions usually go Monday through Thursday, and then on Friday morning, we're off to run for president and vice president kind of thing. That's right. So his speech, I'm really looking forward to because and I'm, this is not a... Don't, don't, uh, don't give me all your cards and letters, Trump fans. But I got a feeling it's going to be a little bit of a disaster. This is why. Uh, he's... When he's on the teleprompter, it's kind of like not really all that exciting. And when he's off the teleprompter, he goes off the the you know, off, you know when he introduced Mike Pence uh, yesterday, he spoke for thirty five minutes before he brought him up, and he was talking about Bobby Knight for four minutes. I mean, it's, it's, he just kind of goes off into these rat holes. I could really, really uh, see or imagine that if he. <laughs> If he's not on teleprompter, I can imagine him for three or four minutes in his accepted speech asking things like, why isn't Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame? I don't get it. Why isn't he? The guy has over 4,000 hits. Obviously, obviously Ty Cobb. Terrible man. Great baseball player. He's in the Hall of Fame. Why not Pete Rose? <laughs> this is the kind of thing. If I could give advice to the Trump people, I was thinking about this morning. What I would do is I would have, say, like the first two paragraphs on teleprompter. Then after that, bullet points. Six things I want to cover before the speech is over. And then the summary back on the teleprompter. Well, listen, I have no problem hiring female Ghostbusters in my administration. <laughs> 
I think, and they'll get paid exactly as much as the male Ghostbusters. Okay. <laughs> I can imagine him actually commenting <laughs> on why would they remake that movie? <laughs> why would they? You know, the original. It's like making Home Alone two, which I would. Okay, I am a star of Home Alone two. I tell him where the bathroom is. Right? Why would they make a new Home Alone? I think the cutter will be watching, going, "What is he? Is he going to say something about?" Uh, it'll be interesting. You know, he a lot of what he's doing. You know, when you, if this you know, God forbid, if this thing in Baton Rouge turns out to be an a, an ambush, it will only further uh, a lot like 1968 with Nixon. And he's saying he's the law and order candidate. If it turns out that what we're looking at, and it's a fluid story, and we'll keep you up to date here on WSB with the officers shot in Baton Rouge, if that turns out to be genuinely the second pure ambush of police officers uh, in the last month or so, I think that that's, that's really going to push Donald Trump. Because when you talk about law and order, when things seem to be just completely falling apart societal, in, a, in a society, uh, voters tend to go to the it's law and order It's not just us, candidate. too. It's, it's globally, too, Eric. Yeah. I mean, and, you see what's going on in Nice, France. I mean, Turkey on Friday. It's yeah. happening all the time. Uh, nice was not nice. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a Nixon campaign ad from 1968. For an honest look at the problem of order in the United States. Dissent is a necessary ingredient of change. But in a system of government that provides for peaceful change, there is no cause that justifies resort to violence. Let us recognize that the first civil right of every American is to be free from domestic violence. So I pledge to you, we shall have order in the United States. It's like history repeating itself there a little bit. Also, hey, did you see the stuff where they dug up Trump? Trump used to do a thing for radio. It was called Trump or something. I don't remember what it was called. Trump. I can't remember exactly what it was called. But in the mid-2000s, he did 60-second pieces that radio stations put on for four years. Dick Clark's network. At one point, at one point, he was praising Hillary Clinton. I know her, and she'd make a good president or a good vice president. Shut up. There you go. That wasn't That's all you need. <laughs> there you got your endorsement, Hillary. That's all I needed. First female president of the United States of America. Take that, Trump. More In headlines. Words. More headlines when we return. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler, surrounded by my doctrinaires. We're doing some headlines, but you guys seemed a little shocked. I'm surprised you hadn't heard this uh, this stuff from Trump Radio in the 2000s when he praised Hillary Clinton. I know her, and she'd make a good president or a good vice president. That was before I knew about the email. Okay, that was before. It also, it, apparently it was like these little 60-second pieces, kind of a la Paul Harvey, I guess, the way Paul Harvey did his things back in the day. Here at WSB, remember Paul Harvey would be on at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon for sixty sec- or for a couple of minutes. Well, these were little 60-second pieces. Good day. <laughs> and uh, Guess what? You can't take it back now. That's right. He uh, sounds to me like he endorsed you. I know her, and she'd make a good president or a good vice president. <laughs> Okay, Hillary, calm down. But he also opined on other things. Here's a... There's one other really good reason, men, that you might want to drag out the vacuum cleaner. Psychologists have found that the payoff for doing more chores seems to be more sex. (laughs) That's why I have a dustbuster with me at all times. 
All right, do we have time for another uh, headline? Sure. Sorry, you guys. You guys were mentioning uh, Ghostbusters earlier. So, the Secret Life of Pets <laughs> is actually beating Ghostbusters at the box office. Now, this hasn't week. that like the Ghostbusters after what seems like nine years of promotion, <laughs> the whole freaking summer, it actually opened on Friday. And this is the third week for Secret Lights of Pets. Right, that's right. And it brought in so the Secret Life of Pets brought in fifty point four million, and uh, Ghostbusters has only brought in brought in forty four point five million. And Ghostbusters cost about one hundred fifty million to make. I don't know if that includes the amount of money spent on promotion because the promotion has just been everywhere. You're watching the NBA Finals, NBA basketball players are Ghostbusters. Uh, the, YouTube the, ads. I mean, every yeah. YouTube video I go yeah. to, it pop up and you'd see that same scene over and over yeah, and over they again. only would show you one scene, which was always, you know, I thought interesting. I saw a lot more Kobe Bryant, Car- Carmelo Anthony, and Spike Lee and the girl from the progressive spots than I saw actual scenes from the movie. That was the first clue that maybe there was some problems here. I don't I think it's stupid to remake or re boot these movies but they do it and i don't care if it was funny it would be fine but the reviews are not very good now i think people are responding a little better than critics are but critics are killing it and the critics uh, are sexist oh is that what it is this is melanie the millennial blogger hey guys i just want to let you know that i saw ghostbusters and it was just so funny oh my gosh they made so many jokes that only I could get as a lady. <laughs> so you felt empowered by these new Ghostbusters. Yeah, it made me feel like I could just like go and start a lady gang and like kill ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy named uh, Josh Robert Thompson. He was uh, Craig Ferguson's sidekick when Craig Ferguson had the late night show. So like a skeleton, he was the voice. He's a very funny guy. <laughs> and so uh, I, he's got like YouTube stuff that he's doing. And his review after he saw the movie... <laughs> was him sitting in his car trying to gouge his eyeballs out. So I don't know. <laughs> I think that says that the reviews are just horrible. I've read a few of them, and they just... It, people are disappointed. But then I saw that, like, for the most part, when they do, like, the people's aggregate score, that it was about a B plus. So The Secret Lives of Pets has a cool concept, too, behind it. Because most people have animals, and you always wonder what they're doing while you're at work. That's a cool concept. I'm glad you're entertained. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We can uh, postpone it no longer. My misanthrope buddy from New York City is up next with stories from Studio B1. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in today's Atlanta Journal-Constitution, look for more on that investigation that exposes a widespread number of doctors who sexually abuse patients and get away with it. And then when you're done reading, when you're suitably horrified, you'll walk away with $128 in coupon savings. That's why we say, if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Before we get to uh, Studio B1, a little bit of an update here. Now, the Pokemon Go craze is all over everywhere, and we haven't made too much of it on the show today. But we did a picture earlier. You found a Pokemon here in the studio. Yeah, it came right in the studio. And so I pointed at it, and we put it out on social media. And uh, we've had some mostly good responses to that. But we have one really negative dude, so I want to hear the negative response. Yeah, so there was a polywag in the studio sitting right next to you. (laughs) Whatever that is. And uh, this one guy came on there, and he said... 
People need to live their lives and not worry about some game. We have things going on in this world that people need to pay attention to, such as this election, terrorism, and people killing cops, Eric. Oh, why so serious all the time? You know, look, I'm, I'll never download this game. See, it's great. Is this the Pokemon Go music? Yeah, it's, the- it's see. I just caught a horsey out on the uh, deck. You know, the only thing more annoying than Pokemon Go players are the anti-Pokemon Go people. <laughs> let people have fun. Turn that music off. It's driving me crazy. Okay. Let, 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 people have, let people have fun. Yeah, the, you know what? The reason you need something like this is because things are so serious. You need an outlet. And I miss this kind of thing in America. I was saying earlier... I've never seen anything go from I've never heard of it to everybody's doing it and talking about it so fast. And in America, this used to be kind of a fun part of America, like the hula hoop craze. When I was in second grade, everybody in my town suddenly had a yo-yo for two months, you know? It's like, these are kind of fun things that bring us together. And although I'm 52 and I'm not going to do it, uh, I'm not going to be one of these idiots screaming at people. You know what? Have fun. People are enjoying themselves. Get ready. I predicted it on my podcast last week and it already came true. Uh, But there will be... A million horror stories, people who get run over by cars, people who get beaten up because they were in some place. Walking off cliffs. Yeah, this week. <laughs> Walking off cliffs. Yeah, that's happened too. But That's- if you're in a safe place like Piedmont Park at 5 o'clock today, there's a Pokemon Go rally there where all your friends can trade Pokemon and do you what know, you want to do. Maybe the country will lose two and a half pounds. It isn't so bad. People are moving around. Now it's time for this. He's a misanthrope. He has a dark heart. And he needs a good psychiatrist. New York. New York. It's Greg Russ with stories from Studio B1. All right, Greg, uh, let me just say that I've known you long enough to know that you are definitely, definitely not out catching Pokemon. I'm going to tell you that the Poliwag only has a 33% uh, catch rate, <laughs> which was found in the studio, which Jared got. But I don't actually buy into that because the Poliwag is inept on land. It's usually found swimming in small freshwater ponds and lakes. Well, so there's a creek behind Sherwood yeah. Forest. Yeah, we have a creek back here, so it's quite right, possible. Well, it wandered in. It, it wandered in. Wandered right into the studio <laughs> and made for a wonderful photograph. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I got in. I don't have it on my phone, the Pokemon Go, but uh, I was hanging out with someone who did, and I was forcing her to go into places to, to catch the Pokemon and to find new Pokeballs because she ran out. And I said, how do we get new ones? And she's like, I don't know. I don't care. It's like, no, we got to get new Pokeballs so we can catch more Pokemon. So, so, you know, but I can see. I can see how it uh, snowballs. It's, uh, but isn't, come on, it's delightful, right? It's, you know, in the midst of all this horrible news, isn't it kind of, I mean, everybody should just relax. Look, people are having fun for a change. Uh, I don't, Greg is a misanthrope, so he probably, he doesn't like to see people have fun, but even he, I can tell his heart's a little bit, it's brought a little bit of, uh, this melted, that cold heart of his a little bit. A bit. The horsey's cute, which is what we caught last night, and Tim said he caught one, too, so. I just caught a ghastly in the studio. Oh, wow. Go on. This is a 48, well, how old are you? I'm 45, (laughs) not 48. (laughs) But, you know, that's. You watch cars go in a circle. Get out Uh, of here. It's kind of a, oh, that's a science, my friend. That's a science. So is this. How do you think this was invented? So, uh, so, uh. (laughs) So we got the. On the on the racetrack soon, I'm sure people will be wandering oh, out there oh, to catch the Pokemon. Oh, oh, oh. 
<laughs> I'm waiting for those those headlines. So, but I mean, that's kind of the beauty of it, right? I mean, you're 45, Jared's 13. You're both playing. <laughs> I think that you're both. I think I think it's uh, it shows that it's just a fun thing. The question is going to be: <laughs> Is everyone still going to be doing it in six months, or is just this just like Periscope, where everybody did it for four days and then it was done? I got a feeling well, they're going to start updating it yeah, so that you can yeah. start trading with people and you could see other players and things like that. And then you there'll be any a, gyms. Do you know in any gyms anyone there? Uh, uh, there, there's a gym near my house, uh, but uh, there are no gyms. I'm looking around WSB now. There's just a bunch of access points. It looks like the nearest gym is the Invesco building. Here we go, the Invesco okay, building. Okay, we one. have officially gotten to the point where the Pokemon Go conversation has <laughs> bored me to tears. <laughs> there's, a gym, there's a gym at NASA that Travis tries to take over. Her husband is working on the web telescope, and he's running around trying to find Pokemon. <laughs> Space Pokemon. It's a, but it's a good thing. My the Von Hester doctrine is go out and have fun, even if I don't understand it. I'm not going to poo-poo it, because people, well, everybody's having fun. Don't be leads, anti-fun. Yes? That leads into the first story. People are having fun. They're getting ready to have fun, and they're getting ready to relax at the Republican convention in Cleveland, where the uh, strip clubs are they're really gearing up for the influx of people. <laughs> I love this. You know, because of the fact that I come out of rock radio and some would say maybe shock jockery, uh, of course, uh, we've been close to, I've dealt with strip clubs so much. <laughs> I, I actually got to a point in my career where I told my program director, I'm never doing anything at a strip club again. And I, I myself personally, I just don't have fun at strip clubs. And when I say that, people think, oh, obviously the old ball and chain, huh? The wife. Want no, my wife actually encourages me to do things like that. Like, like, you should have fun. Go do things. I personally just don't have fun in strip clubs. Now, if you're with, if you're with five or six or seven buddies... You can have fun, but my argument would be we would have had fun in any bar we went to. We, you know, but nothing is more pathetic than the one guy sitting alone in the corner <laughs> at a strip club. So, and I've always found what, the reason I brought all that up is what you find out on the inside is what strip clubs know, and places like that is. Republicans are great customers. They're better. You'd think because Democrats are more open-minded, socially progressive, all that, that they'd be the ones. No, the Republicans, when they go, they actually have fun and they tip well, right? Look, you have the best time when you're in the GOP at a strip club, let me tell you. <laughs> because you have money and they know that you're there. Free love is terrible, okay? The only good love is love that costs money. <laughs> That's capitalism. Very good. Exactly. You know, what's interesting, though, is if you go to the Republican Party platform, the reason they're all there, uh, pornography is uh, classified as a major public health problem. So there's, a, there's some hypocrisy here, of course. There's a double standard, of course. But that's because human beings. But I've, this has always been one of those things that I've known from the inside is that strip clubs and places like that love Republicans. <laughs> they are the best customers. First of all, they feel like they're doing something naughty. And so they go crazy. <laughs> it's forbidden. It's even better. Yeah, it's forbidden. Yeah. And it's like, you know. And so you could talk them into all kinds of nonsense and get them into the special rooms and the whatever. Uh, but what's interesting, well, this is the basic average uh, conventioneer. Uh, what will happen, maybe every few, somebody with a name will wander in there. You know? <laughs> I think Mike Pence has to stay away. I don't think that's a good look. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> You've got him on lockdown? Short leash. <laughs> 
All right. So, not surprising. And so, the, a lot of strippers are going to make a lot of money from good capitalists, good Republicans coming in to have a good time. When will the nerds actually end up inside the strip clubs looking for Pokemon characters? Will be the you know. I'm, I'm sure they're there already. Strip clubs. <laughs> strip clubs. Strippers are doing it. Strip clubs. They're are, on the pole with their with their phones out. <laughs> oh, I got a boob fish. <laughs> All right, give me another story from Studio B1. All right, The Rock. He's now the highest paid actor. <laughs> yeah, he, he's what? done it. He's the ha- he's the highest paid actor in the world. The Rock. Uh, what? Uh, how much is he paid? Uh, last year, uh, sixty-four million. You know what? He was he was the number one actor, number nineteen on the top uh, two thousand sixteen Forbes Celebrity One Hundred list. That's everyone and the number one actor, sixty-four million. His films in two thousand fifteen grossed one point three billion. He is one of the only actors out there that continually delivers hits. Yeah, you know, people are not delivering hits. When's the last time Tom Cruise delivered a hit? When's the last time Steven Spielberg with that BFG? That was bombed completely. Plus, The Rock's got the HBO show, Ballers, which has been pretty popular, I think. So yeah, it's added so to his coffers, yeah. So I got to say... Bridge of Spies was uh, for Spielberg. So that yeah, was, that, was, that, was a that, was a, that was a critical success. I don't know if it was a box office success. <laughs> he's always working. He's always doing something. That's the other key to this. Yeah, and you know, I just think he's likable. He's, mm-hmm. he's a bit of a... You know, I've probably never seen any of his movies, because that's just the way that I am. But he's likable. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a big, he's, muscular Jimmy Stewart. But he's not afraid. Yeah, he is. He You're is. right. He's I mean, like he's like a he's got this all American kind of thing right. going. I don't yeah, know. He what never has any negative press. Like you never, yeah. you know, see yeah. him on TMZ coming out of a club beating up a lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like he's uh, his politics seem to be center right, but he doesn't go off, you know, on his politics. Whatever it is, really, he'll support heroes. He supports the military, but he doesn't go out and tell you how to live your life. Uh, I think he, uh, yeah, I think he deserves it. To be honest with you, I've never seen one of his movies, so I couldn't tell you if he's any good. Um, but uh, he is certainly likable, and I, I'm. It's Hollywood has been noticing lately that, um, for the most part, stars do not drive audience anymore. There was a time where people would go to see a movie just because Tom Hanks was in it, or just because Tom Cruise, or anybody named Tom, strangely. <laughs> uh, but people would go to see movies, not, not caring about the genre or what they heard, but, oh, I like that actor. And actors really don't deliver anymore. Like these, uh, what delivers are these, what they call tentpole movie franchises. So, like this guy, is it Chris Hemsworth who's in Jurassic World? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so he can be. No, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt can be no. in the, big, the biggest star. He can be the, the star of, I think at the time. Still, wasn't that the biggest grossing movie of all time, Jurassic World? It had the biggest opening weekend. Okay, so but if Chris Pratt does a movie three months later, it doesn't. It, people don't go, oh, the guy from Jurassic World, and then go see. Stars are not driving audiences anymore. No, Franchises drive audiences. So if Dwayne the Rock Johnson could actually be one of the handful of people that people will go see a movie just because he's in it, then he deserves the money. Yeah, one of the few. I was going to say quickly, I know the music's on. I wanted to watch Wolf of Wall Street the other day, but then I decided against it because Leonardo DiCaprio was in it. <laughs> yeah, because he's a big hypocrite who tells the rest of us to live like it's 1850, and he's flying around the world in a jet to get to his yacht. All right. I skipped it. Perhaps we'll do another story from Studio B1, but one thing I do know is we have the best goodbyes in the business. Don't miss them when we return. Ooh, yeah. 
Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler, surrounded by the Doctrinaires. It's our final segment for the week. Greg, from Studio B1, we didn't get to a story. We're not going to have time to really uh, comment on it, but go ahead and hit us real quick with it. All right. After the second U.S. Court of Appeals declined to review Deflategate, Tom Brady has dropped it. He's done. Well, he had one... He had one shot. He was either going to go to the Supreme Court, and I think even Tom Brady thought, my goodness, taking this to the Supreme Court is idiotic. And uh, so he did the right thing. He fought, and he fought, and he fought, and he's fighting for his legacy because here's why he did all this. Not because of the basic thing, but because he knows there is a legitimate argument that he's the best of all time, and he doesn't want this stain over him. I understand that. Uh, He did the right thing to drop it. Uh, Very quickly, apparently Gene Simmons of KISS... Uh, what do you do for Donald Trump in the middle of a kiss show? He just snuck the lyric. He changed the lyric to "Vote Trump" in a kiss song this week. Yeah, uh, can you play that through the microphone? <laughs> uh, during the song, shout out loud, I believe. Paul Stanley, who tells us what we've learned every week. I don't agree with some of Gene's shenanigans on stage because we should stay political, but. What did we learn today? Okay, I got a couple quick things. What is the Pokemon thing? I don't get it. Is it the new grinder? I caught a Pikachu once, but it was in Thailand. <laughs> and I wrote a poem because of that 14-year-old boy. Oh, yeah, the 14-year-old who... Uh with a white boy privilege poem. Exactly. Kiss privilege. Dear women, I'm sorry I'm so sexy. Dear black women, I'm sorry you're so sexy. Dear sexy immigrants, I'm sorry I'm taken. There just isn't enough Paul for y'all. Wonderful. uh, Vote for whoever you want. I don't care. Can Gene Simmons defend himself for a moment? I would like to say... That if I'm going to vote for anyone, it's going to be for a businessman capitalist. <laughs> Absolutely, Gene. Uh, why not? Why not? Vote for a businessman capitalist. It'd tear your audience up there. Uh, that's what I tell him. I said, hey, you know, Ace doesn't even vote. <laughs> all right. Jared, we got uh, WSB RNC convention all week long. Tell us about it. Yeah, that's right. We've got Hermit Kane, Sean Hannity, and Jamie Dupree all on the ground. And we're going to have we're gonna have around-the-clock coverage right here on WSB, so don't change that dial. And we'll make sure that uh, we'll, we'll keep you up to date while we're there. All right. Very quickly, download the WSB radio app. Not only will this show be there, but we do three podcasts per week that are only available on the WSB radio app. So, thanks to everybody who is here, the Doctrinaires. Thanks to Mary Allen. Thanks to you for listening. That was this episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. We'll chat with you again next Sunday at noon, but until then, I simply must insist that each and every one of you get off of my lawn! News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB